Greetings and welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast with your hosts, Ray and Mark. In this episode, your intrepid hosts discuss the mystery of the lost colony of Roanoke. You know, you have to be very careful how you use the word lost. When I was dating my wife, I told her, I get lost in your eyes. But then again, I often get lost in department stores, so you probably shouldn't read too much into it. Oh, well, welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast uh, with your host, Ray and Mark. I'm Ray. I'm Mark. And uh, this is the podcast, and it's been a while. This 2020, and we're back. It, it is. Uh, yeah, the last one we did was uh, was beer tasting back in October, and I've had a number of events kind of take me away from this for a while, and it's a great to be back and, and doing this again. And it could be 2025 when you're listening to this episode, in which case it proves time travel is possible, because it's right now the second for us, but it's 2025 for you. Right. You and go. if you Stan- listen to this... <laughs> sorry, Stan corrected, ahead. right? I, I do, yeah. And if you're listening to this in the future, send us a letter in the past telling us you're listening to it, and we'll get that, and we'll know it. it it's true. I'm confused. The number west of the Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> and on the wild card line. <laughs> and if you're a time traveler, call 1-800. <laughs> That's great. That's good. Well, what topic are we talking about tonight, right? We're talking about the mystery surrounding the lost colony of Roanoke Island. Where'd it go? Nobody knows. Nobody and, knows. Uh, I mean, the, the island is still there. It is a pretty compelling mystery. I mean, there is no real explanation for, for what happened to them. So, so generally, you know, what the, for those of you who don't know about the Roanoke colony, Basically, the Roanoke colony was an ambitious attempt by England's Sir Walter Raleigh to establish a permanent North American settlement. Queen Elizabeth's idea was that this would enable England to harass Spanish shipping, to mine for gold and silver, to perhaps discover a passage to the Pacific Ocean, and the best part, maybe even bring Christianity to the Indians. Ooh, that's a good one. Yes. Um, Yes, that's what they need. The Indians need help from the Westerners. (laughs) So, anyways, in 1586, John White, who was actually an English poet working for Sir Walter Raleigh, carried with him more than 100 settlers, including families, even his own pregnant daughter, Eleanor Dare, and her husband, Anias Dare, and they landed at Roanoke Island. They established a settlement. White's daughter gave birth to Virginia Dare, the first American-born English settler. White then sails back to England to update Sir Walter Raleigh and obtain additional supplies. However, his timing is bad. By then, England was at war with Spain, and uh, White was delayed by the Spanish Armada, and he was unable to arrange another mission to Roanoke until 1590, like three years later. So he finally came back. He landed on Roanoke for what should have been his granddaughter's third birthday. By the time he returned, however, the colonists, including his granddaughter, Virginia Dare, had disappeared. There was no sign of them. The camp was abandoned with the word Croatoan carved on a post. And I think on a tree there was C-R-O written on that one. Three years earlier, White and the settlers had agreed that if they needed to move, they'd indicate their destination in just such a way. If they moved under duress, they would carve a cross above the letters. So White was relieved to find that no cross could be found. But the lost colonists were never found. 
So what are the possibilities? Were they wiped out by hostile Native American tribes because of starvation? Did they settle in with surrounding Native American tribes and were assimilated into the tribes? Did they possibly move the settlement elsewhere, perhaps inland, and never reestablish contact? Nobody knows. That's the mystery. It's compelling. And one of the things they found was that uh, there was no evidence. There was no, you know, and even modern forensics has not been able to turn up anything uh, at Roanoke Island. So there's a lot of uh, of speculation as to what actually happened to them. And uh, one thing that's interesting is... uh, is that all the accounts of, of the settlement and what happened afterward are, are all from John White. So we, we only have his point of view, so we, which also is, is kind of intriguing. Yeah, he, he's trustworthy, isn't he? He was an artist. He was selected by Sir Walter. I, I don't know what his agenda was, if there was anything else going on. And, and there were some, some things that were questionable as to, you know, well, the English pretty much messed things up pretty badly from the beginning, uh, not trusting the, the, the local tribes, uh, going on preemptive strikes into villages, um, you know, uh, alienating the, the native population, and then continuing to try to settle the area after that and, and leaving settlers that were unprepared and unsupplied and, you know, going away for, for supplies and not coming back for three years because of the war with Spain. Yep. Th- that was one thing that really surprised me is I, I always kind of thought that was the short story. We tried to start a colony. We went back for supplies. We came back and they were gone. Simple as that. But what surprised me is when you start digging in, um, there's actually more of the history there that we do know. Um, and it's a little, a little bit less mysterious when you cobble together the history. There apparently were th- a series of three voyages to Roanoke, and it was the third one that resulted in the lost colony. Uh, The first one was in 1584, led by Arthur Barlow. It landed on the outer banks of present-day North Carolina, and there Barlow made contact with mostly friendly uh, Indians, um, Algonquin-speaking Indians. Barlow indicated the Indians' welcome was friendly and ritualistic. Uh, The chief of the Roanokes um, was named Wingina. But the Roanokes didn't have a good relationships with the nearby Chowanic tribe. And there was likely suspicion amongst the tribes as to whether the English were a threat or not. And so when the English party departed in mid-August, when Gina sent along two emissaries, Wachese and Monteo, uh, two Indians were going to go to Europe. And that must have been a wild story in and of itself. Um, but then the second voyage in 1585, um, boosted by Barlow's positive report and Queen Elizabeth's grant to settle a new colony called Virginia, the second voyage in 1585 consisted of apparently uh, about 600 colonists. Uh, the ship, the Tiger, stopped for a few weeks in present, present-day Puerto Rico, waiting for other ships that had been separated in a storm off of Portugal. And then the Tiger landed about 80 miles um, southwest of um, Roanoke. But navigation in the Outer Banks has always been treacherous. And the ship ran aground, ruining much of its cargo. So they arrived with a year's worth of provisions for hundreds of colonists. And now they suddenly only had enough food for 20 days. And so that not only set the tone for how the English interacted with the Roanoke tribe, but also it really changed the size of the expedition, uh, 600 people, and it turned into they only left 100 
uh, behind. And apparently by this time, the Indians were getting divided on how they felt about the English. Since the English departed the first time, when Gina's people had observed a total eclipse of the sun, and when the English returned, uh, the Indians witnessed a comet followed by rapidly spreading illness. Uh, so many Indians saw a connection between the Europeans and getting sick and dying. Right. Yeah, Euro Europeans show up and then uh, everyone starts dying, which is, is not a good thing. No, no. Uh, you know, sometimes you trade wampum, other times you trade malaria, you know, or whatever, smallpox. Um, Roanoke Island was chosen largely for its strategic position. It allowed for easy access to the ocean. Uh, but it also, the settlement wouldn't be visible to Spanish patrols as Spain had apparently laid claim to much of what the English viewed to be the Virginia colony. Uh, the English were dependent on the Indians for food and guidance, but the, increase, the Indians increasingly worried about the colonists' violence. But the, the English at Roanoke were invited guests rather than discoverers. But as disease spread, even the Roanokes were contemplating getting rid of the intruders. And meanwhile, the English were receiving intelligence from some of the Indians talking about a potential attack coming from other tribes. So was that accurate or was one tribe playing off you know, the other? Uh, who knows? Uh, the settlers on the second trip decided to abandon Roanoke when relief supplies didn't arrive due to a hurricane. They returned to England. So a few weeks later, a relief mission arrives to find the settlers gone. So the third voyage, which is where our story really gets involved here, is uh, Sir Walter Raleigh was furious at the second group of settlers for leaving Roanoke, but he was also intrigued with the possibility of a possible passage to the Pacific. So he approved one last mission. They returned the next year uh, under the command of artist John White, who was going to serve as governor to the colony. The intention was to settle in the Chesapeake, where there were more navigable waters, deeper waters, um, and word had it the Indians were friendlier. But instead, for reasons we don't really understand, they were dropped off at Roanoke, <laughs> which by that time <laughs> was a pretty unfriendly neighborhood. We don't, we don't know why they settled on Roanoke again. But White carried with him more than 100 settlers, uh, families, even his own pregnant daughter, Eleanor Dare. Um, they found no trace of the soldiers that the second voyage had left behind, except they found the skeleton of one soldier that the Indians had killed long before. And at that point, White's advisor, George Howe, disappears. The group find him in the woods, two miles from camp, dead from uh, 16 arrows and a gruesome beating where they caved in his skull. Um, according to the Croatoans, uh, the soldiers and how had been killed by the Roanoke tribe. So remember the Native American emissaries that went back to England during the first expedition, Wachese and Monteo? Well, Wachese was a member of the Roanoke tribe, and by this time he had nothing but resentment for the English. However, Manteo was from the Croatoan tribe, uh, from the island of Croatoa, and uh, he was friendly towards the English. And White asked the Croatans to spread the word that the English were interested in discussing peace if they heard from the Indians within seven days. They did not. And so White and some of his men attacked the town, only to found that it was occupied by the friendly Croatoans, <laughs> not enemy <laughs> Roanokes. And so uh, it was Roanoke was becoming a far more dangerous 
place to live. They go back. White goes back to get additional supplies. By this time, England's at war with Spain, and so he's delayed by three years to because you know, the Queen doesn't want ships leaving England that can be used in, in the war. So he doesn't get back till 1590. And um, by this time, the camp is abandoned. The word Croatoan is carved on a post. Another carving was found on a tree and had the inscription CRO. It was a partial inscription. Again, White and the settlers had agreed that if they needed to move, they would indicate their destination in just such a way. If they were under duress, they'd carve a cross above the letters, and no cross was found. And so White was relieved, but he noticed that the houses had been taken down and stripped of any valuables. John White was pretty confident that the settlers had resettled on Croatoan Island, uh, and he was going to go check it out, but then they had a broken anchor cable. And so the ship never went to Croatoan Island to see if the settlers could be found. So the lost colonists, as they came to be known, were never found. As I recall, the uh, that that third expedition or, or third settlement, they weren't never supposed to go back to to Roanoke Island. They were supposed to go up to Chesapeake, but for some reason, the navigator brought them there and just dropped them off. And there's right. really no explanation for for why that was done. So possibilities: they were killed by the Indians. Could be they settled on Croatoan, about 50 miles south of Roanoke, because the Indians were friendlier. At least they were before we attacked them. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> um, and that they survived among the Indian tribes and assimilated into the culture. Apparently, the settlers at Jamestown had heard rumors to this effect. Um, but John White said that when he departed Roanoke for supplies, the colonists were talking about planning to move 50 miles inland. So is it possible they moved 50 miles inland? When the colony of Jamestown was settled in 1607, the Indians apparently told John Smith um, of settlers that had come from Roanoke, but it was never investigated. Apparently the Indian chief um, Powhatan supposedly confessed to slaughtering most of the Roanoke settlers and the rest just scattering. But John Smith never mentioned such a confession no signs of slaughter were ever mentioned by, uh, by John White. Did they go back out to sea and lost? They got lost? Did they move up to Chesapeake Bay area? Nobody knows. And, and well, that kind of gets to that point about it only being told from uh, John White's perspective. He's saying that there were no signs of, of any kind of struggle there, but is he just covering things up? Who knows? Right. So, but also, it's interesting, the settlement, at least as he's described it, was sounds like it was taken down in an orderly fashion. Like they took what they could use. They did have small boats. The small boats weren't there. Uh, basically, nothing usable was left behind, but it doesn't sound like it was, you know, uh, someone came in and burned the, the settlement down right. and, and took and destroyed away. the boats or hacked yeah. everything up. Sounds like it was very utilitarian, you know, some kind of move. So apparently about 100 years later, English explorer John Lawson made contact with the Hatteras tribe, and apparently the Hatteras occupied the same barrier islands as the Croatoan Indians had occupied. And the Hatteras uh, explained to Lawson that some of their ancestors were white and were able to read. Several members of the tribe also had gray eyes. The Hatteras Indians also spoke of a ghost ship that belonged to Sir Walter Raleigh. So like white, Lawson believed that the colonists had moved to Croatoan and merged with the tribe. You know, so that's interesting. Um, but apparently you fast forward, not a lot, not a lot of developments happened on the topic of Roanoke. And then in the late 1930s, 
this guy emerges and says that he found inscribed stones that contained the writings of Eleanor Dare. And apparently it was largely debunked. Um, examiners looked at all the, all the stones and found most of them to be fake, except they couldn't really, it was inconclusive about the first stone. Um, the first stone, or Eleanor describes the tragic death of her husband and daughter. Uh, the person who found the stones just kind of vanished, and they never talked about the precise location where they found the stones. And so that started happening. Archaeological digs showed that there's some European artifacts present in the Hatteras area and also 50 miles in from Roanoke, but there's really no archaeological evidence tying those Europeans to the Roanoke settlement. And to make matters more challenging, the topography of Roanoke Island is changing, so evidence might now be underwater. But then in 2011, well, a couple interesting things happened. Um, one was one of John White's maps on close examination was found to have a patch on it. And typically, if you made a Scrivener's error that you had to correct rather than redo the whole map, you would just slap a piece of paper on top of it, make a little patch, and correct what you want to correct. But underneath the patch is a symbol for a fort, kind of a, a star-shaped symbol. Um, and interestingly, if that fort is for real... It would have been 50 miles inland from Roanoke, where the settlers were talking about going. Is it possible the patch covered the fort to protect it from discovery by the Spanish? And something that lends something to that uh, theory is that on the patch, there's in invisible ink, uh, there's a, another symbol for a fort. So twice they're trying to mark a fort being 50 miles inland. And so that site is now uh, known as Site X, and the exact location of Site X has yet to be found, but there are archaeologists looking, and they have found fragments of pottery and bits of metal tied to European settlements. Uh, research is ongoing. A discovery could be found any time. And the other last interesting note is that uh, what they do know about the, uh, the Eleanor Dare stone was while the precise location wasn't given, the general location of the finding was given, and lo and behold, it's just north of Site X. And so if you have a hoaxer from the 1930s who's trying to say they found something tied to, uh, tied to Roanoke Island, why have it so far from Roanoke Island? So it's just yet more of the mystery. Like you said, there have been archaeological digs uh, at, at several of these sites, and you know nothing conclusive. Uh, some meager little fragments of uh, that indicate your uh, European settlers, but I imagine just about any place uh, on the East Coast you'd, you'd find something like that. So it is a mystery what happened to them. There were about like what 115 people. Yep, that yep. just disappeared. Something like that. What, what I can see happening. I mean, given how hostile. Uh, the Native Americans were when they landed. You know, I could see like a, a raid where maybe people scattered, or I could mm -hmm. see se settlements going both ways. Some going out to the Hatteras Islands, you know, and some of them coming inland. The, the group was broken up, and then just assimilating in with the natives. Although, you know, they did leave the message on the tree that that's where they were going. Yep, uh, that's true. So. And and it didn't have the little Maltese cross that was supposed to indicate that uh, they left under some sort of pressure or duress or were forced to move. 
So, you know, did they move to Croatoan Island, which is down near where the the Hatteras tribe was? And did they they mingle with them? Uh, Who knows? And they think that it was too big a group to all the the tribal groups in that area were pretty small and and no one group could have supported that many colonists. Yeah. I mean, so so maybe maybe John Smith and John Wright and John White were correct. (laughs) They just went to Croatoan. Who knows? Or they got in their small boats and, and tried to sail uh, sail away and then it got caught in a storm or something and sank. I, we, we don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, the only thing I think of is um, they would know after having met, done a transatlantic voyage, you're not going to make it in a small boat. You know, so I wonder yeah. how likely it is that they were so desperate, just go out to sea in a rowboat and hope for the best. Or did they go up to the Chesapeake? Yeah, maybe maybe they just tried to go up the coast somewhere. And so, and so maybe, and also maybe there was the realization that we can't have 115 people just show up on the Croatoans doorstep and expect to be welcomed. I mean, we are going to be dinner if we do that. Um, so maybe they, maybe they split up. I'll have a group of 20 go down here, a group of 20 go inland, a group of 20, you know, head, head this way. Who knows? So it was, it was a rough life back in the day. It was, you know, when, when John White, though, when he was leaving, they were planning on moving 50 miles inland. And, and yep. that's where that, that you know, spot on the map that had been covered up was. Yep. So, you know, were they really thinking of doing that? Had they actually done that? It could still be, uh, it could still be on Discovery where they ended up. Uh, we we don't, just don't know. So what I found interesting about it is that it's no less a mystery, but it really is less of a mystery than the original sketch is, you know, we drop off a bunch of colonies and or a bunch of colonists and suddenly poof, where'd they go? Well, right. you dropped them off in a very rough neighborhood. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, Oh no, I didn't know that. And then there, there are hints. Right. It's not like everything was going well and you know, you go away forever and you come back a couple of years later and everything's gone. It was just like, they, they were struggling when, when, when John White left. So it's not really, in some, some ways, it's not surprising that they weren't there when he got back after three years. Yeah, and from reading the history, it sounds like, you know, in various trips, they would leave like 15 soldiers behind or something like that. And it was pretty typical to come back and find no trace of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, apparently hanging out on Roanoke Island was not the favored thing after a while. And it's still a mystery. You've been listening to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast, your source for dad jokes. Everybody from England was ugly. <laughs> and that shallow gene pool. But Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs>